This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hi, I'm Ron Paul, former congressman and presidential candidate. I'm here to tell you about a product that might just save your lives. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With this great product, you can freeze dry the food your family loves, and it will last for 25 years. Our ancestors preserved and prepared for difficult times, shouldn't we? To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-594-4635. That's 800-594-4635. The, the South Mississippi Tea Party has just disbanded. You will not believe their reason for disbanding. It's it's absolutely a sign of the times uh, and and pretty incredible. We'll share that with you in just a second. Also, the latest on Brexit. What does it mean uh, to the United States and to you? And also, closer to home. Really, only the, 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 the only function of the United States government, the federal government, really is to provide for the common defense and to protect the rights that we all have. And boy, they can they can sure build an, an army and a navy and an air force like none other on the planet. But when it comes to taking care of them after service, we're one of the worst. Right now, we have 22 uh, soldiers, sailor, airmen that kill themselves every single day. It is a horrible epidemic. What's causing it? What should we be doing about it? We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Jacob Schick is uh, joining us, friend of the program, 22kill.com, 22kill.com, which for all the liberals out there, they hear that and they're like, oh, what are they talking about now? This is scary. Uh, Something that every time I hear this fact... Astounding. Right? Every time you hear this fact, you think that you're... here. You have, I have done this. I have been around with friends and I've said, you know that 22 22 members of our military kill themselves every single day. And somebody will look at me and go, that's not right. And I'll be like, maybe it's 22 a week. No, I'm pretty sure it's 20. And nobody believes it's 22 a day. It is a horrible epidemic. And a Marine, you've been on the program before with us, Jacob. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'm a third generation Marine, combat Marine, and uh, two generations before me. I just happen to be the best looking one, so I'm thankful for that. Right. <laughs> when you say you're a, you're, you're a combat Marine, I noticed you said you're a Marine, then a combat Marine. So is that a Marine looking down on other Marines? Like if you haven't been in combat, you're... No, not at all. Um, maybe. No, 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 no. no. It's because uh, first generation was my grandfather. He fought World War II in the Island Hopi campaign and Korea. 
and my uncle who fought in Vietnam. And so both Marines and both war fighters. So I volunteered for the infantry in keeping with the family lineage. And um, my unit was deployed in 2004, and we were operating in the Sunni Triangle. And when I got hit, and we uh, were severely wounded, unfortunately. And it was a long road to recovery, 18 months in the hospital, 46 operations, 23 blood transfusions. Jeez. And, uh, was it an IED? What? It was. Yeah. It was a triple stack, pressure plate ignited. So as soon as the tire hit that plate, uh, the plate went down, ignited the bomb, blew up directly beneath me, blew me 30 feet to the top of the Humvee. Wow. Stuck the Lenny with my head because Marines believe in good form. <laughs> and uh, because God's a comedian, I never lost consciousness and I never went into shock. So I remember everything. And it took the Blackhawk 42 minutes to ex- extract me from the combat and zone. You were, you were praying the whole time, just take me any time, just much. not right now. Yeah, I, I, uh, I did. I asked God, I said, um, when I was face down on the deck, I said, uh, just don't take me in front of my guys. That's all I ask. As soon as that bird leaves the deck, I'm all yours. Just don't take me in front of my guys. Don't let my guys watch me die. Then the bird took off, and uh, one of the litter crew told me that it was only 12 minutes to where we were going. So I had to talk to God again and said, hey, I need okay, to re- maybe another 12, 15 need to minutes. on the original <laughs> contract. I think I can make it 12 more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was. Look, the Looking guy, at your injuries because you're wearing shorts today. Yeah. Um, These are my good shorts, though. I wore them for you all. No, they're very nice. They're nice. And uh, they're nice. I hope you're having lunch or dinner with somebody very special afterwards because it hate to see you get dressed up like yeah. this. <laughs> Uh, and for not, nothing. And not, yeah, for nothing. Yeah. Um, but looking at your leg and your arm uh, in particular, you've yeah. lost one leg, uh, but your other leg is, is... I didn't lose it. I know where it went. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Um, but if you if you look at... I mean, did you... Yeah, that was tough. That was the left one, I thought, for sure. When, uh, when, they, when the guys picked me up off the deck, you know, I saw my left heel and my combat boot was blown off. I mean, we've all seen combat boots or worn combat boots. Well, they're laced up all the way, and they're tight. I mean, they're on. And I remember when they picked me up, and I saw my leg flop up, and just my foot facing the other way, and I saw my sock. And I remember thinking two things. That's not supposed to be like that. (laughs) And secondly, I was impressed by the amount of force it took to blow off that combat boot and not take my leg with it. I knew that was an astronomical amount of force, and it impressed me. I remember just thinking, wow. (laughs) <laughs> then I held my left arm up, and this part of my hand was hanging down here, and I saw daylight through my left arm. Ugh. And so I thought my left arm was gone, too. Only thing, I, and the right arm was good, but all my ribs were broken, and my right foot was crushed and looked completely normal. And then I woke they took up. Your, yeah. They took your leg, and the, so you were worried about the other leg. They put me under because I wasn't a, a good patient. I'll own that <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> Not a good patient. <laughs> what was a good patient? Uh, or what was what? Where were you failing in the patient category? My mouth. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my mouth. Right. I just okay. was not. Everyone sucked equally to me at that point. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I imagine you were in a little bit pain. of pain, just a smidge. Yeah. And uh, they finally put me to sleep pretty quickly after yeah. showing up to the tent and blood. Yeah. And I remember waking up. And the nurse Jax was over to the right of me. They didn't give you... tell me nothing. And I woke up and she said, hey, Maureen, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. We had to take your right foot. And I just remember thinking, perfect. 
we took the wrong damn foot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, they explained it, and then I got it, and I understood, and I was like, okay. And the doc even knew, working on me in the back of the second vehicle, because we were on a react mission, we only had two vehicles, and the second vehicle wasn't, um, didn't get affected by the, the IED. And they got me back up to man post, and Doc knew. Doc Daniels was working on me. He was like, he told me after the fact, I could not find, I could not find a pulse in your foot. And he's like, I tried and tried. While I was trying to make sure you're stopping, you know, stop the bleeding, tourniquets here, tourniquet there. He said, I could not find a pulse. He's like, I was always worried about your right foot. I said, why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, you know, I was preoccupied trying to. <laughs> and, uh. And here I was calling him a stingy bastard because he'd only hit me with one stick of morphine. And I knew he had more. <laughs> so I'm yelling at him, like, give me more drugs. No, I can't. I can't was not an appropriate answer. Why couldn't he? Because he was, he was worried. See, that was my thought. <laughs> right. I was like, hey, I'd be sharing thinking. is caring. Barney says so. <laughs> right. But uh, no, it was because your, your breathing gets labored. And okay. he was worried my lungs were going to shut yeah. down. Okay. Yeah, especially with all the broken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know all that. Didn't care about all that. Well, next time I'm blown up, I'll, yeah. I'll keep that. I'll try to keep that in yeah. mind when they can't first, give me more morphine. First assessment is uh, downstairs, just so you know. It's the first thing you check. And that is no kidding. First thing we're trained. Mm. Make sure that stuff works. Honest to God. Wait, what? What? That is the first thing you check. I promise you. You mean that's not, that's not training. That's just you're built no, that way. It's training. I'm telling you, they train you. <laughs> make sure, and I'm, it's all a mental thing. Because I did. First thing I did was that, and I was like, okay, I'm good. I can't breathe, and everything hurts like hell, but that's good. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm all right. I can make it out of that. That is <laughs> funny. I'm not kidding. It's trained. Okay, so um, would somebody like you have survived in past wars? Your dad was oh, like no, this. Oh, no, no. No, my dad's a banker, so. No, but I mean, if yeah. this happened to your dad Oh, no, my uncle, no. He'd be dead, you know. There, you don't know no, there because, well, one, I mean, one of the most dangerous jobs in Vietnam was being a pilot. Yeah. And so, no, I, there's no way, even though it took 42 minutes. I mean, listen, it's a mixture of technology and uh, great training that saved my life and guys that had to break rules to get me out of there. And so it, it has nothing, as much as I'd like to think I'm a tough guy and all that, that is why I'm still here. No. It's because everyone else around me and because, as my grandmother told me when she saw me in the hospital the first time, well, baby, I guess God doesn't want you and the devil won't have you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll take it. No doubt. Okay, so what's, what's amazing to me is we take care of our troops to some degree. I mean, that's pretty remarkable mm-hmm. what has happened to you and how well you have healed and... Um, you know, I think we, we try to take care of our people. I think the VA, the VA is a nightmare, but we at least try to save people's lives. However, when guys get home and they have something mentally, all we're doing is shoving pills down their throat. And this does not seem like a pill problem to solve. It's much bigger. Much bigger. You know, if you look at me, obviously... <clears throat> you know, I wore shorts and a T-shirt for a reason. Because if you look at me, it's obvious that I had a bad day at the office somewhere down the line. <laughs> it's obvious, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to look hard. and you, Well, dude, you know, I get looks all the time. <clears throat> and I learned this a long time ago, and I've told you this before. Physical pain reminds you you're alive, but mental pain tests your will to stay that way. 
And that is something that I learned the hard way. And um, do we have any idea why 22 a day? Do we have any, do we know, have any, any clues as what's happening? Speaking from, from myself, because when I was, I was an addict for at least a year when I got out of the hospital until finally my wife gave me a verbal shot in the face and she told me to quit being selfish. You, know, you owe it to your brothers that didn't come home and those that did and still love and respect you to not only live but live well. That's how you honor them. Mm. And you're not living well. And she was right. Boy, is she a good woman. Yeah, no, she doesn't suck. She pretty? She's hot. <laughs> Why the hell are you here next time she comes? I didn't invite myself here, Glenn. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So what were you? She, she was actually the to... first intern to work on me in the hospital in Bethesda. Is that you, you had the moves even with your leg blown off. Marine thing, wow. bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you di- addicted to? Like uh, Name something. Vicodin? <laughs> yeah. Percocet? I'll just tell you my favorite was fentanyl. There's fentanyl. Oh, there's wow. one point I was taking about 55 pills three times a day and eating between eight and 12, 400 milligram fentanyl pops a day. So, holy wow. cow. You're, you're lucky to, to be, be alive. Yeah, you yeah. are lucky to be alive. I remember calling my doctor because I was actually the first Marine to be sent to an Army facility in post 9 11 conflict. I went from Bethesda to San Antonio. <laughs> And I like to say that accounts for 50% of my post-traumatic stress because I was the only Marine at Army. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, I called her and I said, hey, Doc, good news. I'm getting off all the drugs. And she said, oh, okay, well, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, well, I'm stopping. What do you mean? So I'm just stopping. I'm not taking the first dose this morning. And I'm just not going to take anything. She said, well, I'd advise against that. I said, well, why? She said, because you're going to have a massive heart attack and die. Said Roger that. Plan A is a no go. What's plan B? (laughs) 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 So she said, Well, you got to come back to San Antonio. And I was like, All right. But I did and was able to get clean, and it changed my life for sure. 30 days? Uh, I think I did it in 14, actually. What was that like? That was tough. I don't know what was worse, being blown up or that. And I'm dead serious. I can say with. I can say with 100% conviction, I know why addicts stay addicts. Because mm. that was horrible. I, and I always tell guys, when I talk to generals and leaders in the military, I say, listen, you know, waterboarding takes a lot of effort. You know, it's pretty strenuous. Let's just give them fentanyl for seven days, take it away, days. and then question them and hold it in front of their face. Holy cow. I'll talk. That would probably, wow, that is brilliant. That waste would of fentanyl, though. probably work. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Waste the fentanyl. And you know what? And then just, just, just take them back home. Just yeah. Take them back home. Yeah. I mean, the VA hands it out, like, hands medicines out like candy. I mean, why can't our military just. Okay. All right, we're, we're with uh, Jacob Schick from uh, 22kill.com, 22kill.com, more in just a second. And now this, when tragedies happen, like a. Like what happened in, in Orlando, gun sales rocket. If you are thinking about purchasing your first gun, you got to do your own homework. You have to see what kind of gun you like to shoot. Go out and shoot a bunch of guns. See what you like. See what you're comfortable. Then, you know, you're a first-time buyer or, you know, you're just, you know, buying for fun now. It, try a, a, a Bond Arms pistol. Bond Arms, they are made here in Texas. There are 25 different barrels that fit every Bond Arms pistol and you use 14 different calibers. For personal protection, you want a gun that will stop somebody dead in their tracks. Capable, confident, 
Bond arms. It's like having a hand cannon in your pocket. Bad guys will think twice. Gun collectors, first-time buyers. Choosing a gun is really important and personal, so make sure you do your homework. See what Bond Arms has to offer at blazebond.com. That's blazebond.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. I will be my Mercury. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glenbeck.com. Jacob Schick is with us from 22kill.com. Uh, the, um, this is a website where you can get involved, and he'll explain this coming up in a few minutes, but um, where you can get involved and you can take a stand and be a guardian over a guardian, if you will, and, and uh, show your support. 22 service personnel kill themselves every single day, an astounding number. Um, and, um, and we don't really know why Now you brought up fentanyl that you were on. It, it, or is there some correlation between the medicine? Are you saying or not? Uh, maybe, um, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, obviously different, different warriors deal with their neck up issues different ways. And, um, Can I ask you a, a frank question. Absolutely. We had this problem in World War II, but none of these guys talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they come home and they've seen things that they... Which I think is the first problem. Okay. Is it possible that it also plays a role that as we go along, we haven't been good stewards of what you guys did over there? And, and we don't even know what is happening anymore? And they kind of come home and they're like, the hell is that all about? Because nobody over here seems to care. Uh, yes and no. And I say that because I think a lot of people here at home get real comfortable inside their safety bubble that is their everyday life. And um, they don't want to know about the bad things and they don't want to because out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And But what I've learned is that Living outside my comfort zone means that I grow continuously. Mm-hmm. No one grows inside their safety comfort zone. And I want to be shocked and I want to be surprised because the more knowledge I have and the more I obtain every day, the better I'm going to be and the better I am for those around me. So, you know, I, I think in a sense people have been grateful and, and you know, I, I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, thank you for your service. And, you know, a lot of the times I don't know if it's for me or for them. And I'm good with it either way. 
What do you mean for them? I think sometimes people say it because they feel like they need to. And I'm all right with that. Because I'm all about, uh, you know, if you're not good with yourself, you can't expect anyone else to be good with you. It's just not fair. And so I'm all right with it either way. It's To me, it's um, it's a kind gesture. I think it's something that we're, we should have done a long time ago, Vietnam. Anyway. Were, you, were you this guy before you went through all this? You're a pretty wise guy. Well, in some ways, you know, I had to grow up fairly quickly. I didn't have a cookie-cutter childhood. But, um, you know, being severely wounded in combat will definitely make you grow up pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you don't just get a piece of humble pie. You get the whole thing shoved down your throat. I mean, you go from being part of the most elite fighting force this world has ever known to not being able to use a restroom on your own. It's a, overnight. It's a pretty drastic change. And so... You know, I'm just thankful, man. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and be alive and be able to draw breath and be able to feed souls because that's what it's all about. You know, it's not about self or me. It's about those around me and what I can do for everyone around me. If you still have problems with the bathroom, Jeffy can help you, and he can go into either women's <laughs> or men's bathroom. He, he, well, everybody can now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm good, whatever. Whichever you choose. I identify as a strong black woman. So. <laughs> I love you even more. Back in just a second. Hang on. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Jacob Schick from 22kill.com is uh, with us, and I want to talk a little bit about what he's doing where you can actually help and help spread awareness and help get involved with the, um, the veterans who are really suffering. Lose 22 um, uh, veterans every single day to suicide. An amazing problem, and we're not doing anything as a nation to address it, and it's our responsibility. Um, you know, we failed the Vietnam War veterans. Let's not fail these guys as well. Um, Jacob, we were just talking about um, the, um, uh, you know, the push to get rid of guns uh, because I, I couldn't believe it this week um, when they came out and said, we may never know what the motivation was of the shooter in Orlando. We, we may never know. How do you respond to a government that just says that after what we've just seen? I would say, and you wonder why no one takes us seriously. Because common sense has packed its crap and waved by by a long time ago. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. John McCain, a war hero, uh, on uh, the floor of the Senate a couple of days ago, proposed a bill that said... um, 
if we suspect you, we should um, be able to take your gun rights away. But we should also be able to monitor every keystroke on your computers without a warrant. We're now, that's from the Republicans. Democrats are doing the same thing. We are now talking about limiting the scope of the first, second, I would say third as well, fourth, fifth, and seventh amendment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's do away with the Constitution because it hasn't really done much for us. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really that important. I mean, come on. We are the only country that still abides by its original document. Look how far it's gotten us, and we're the superpower. Well, kind of still. Kind of. But we're still the best country in the world, regardless of our faults. Leave the Constitution alone. Let's implement common sense. You know, I I have a ton of guns at my house, and it's weird because none of them have done anything today. (laughs) None of them cooked me breakfast. Right. None of them mowed the the, the lawn. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. No, well, it's because they're all designed to kill, Jacob, and they're they're probably out killing people right now without your knowledge. You're right. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. All designed to kill. They're locked up for a reason. You put them in a safe for a reason. It's not for people not getting them. It's so they don't get out. Right. Yeah. They don't don't have the combination, so it's good. Right. Right. Well, the lock is on the outside, not on the inside. Hello? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Beautiful design. Right. Right. You know, my thing is, is let's, let's start focusing on the individual, not the weapon. Let's, let's try that. And here's why we don't. And it's plain and simple. And it's the same reason that the VA is consistently failing at doing what they were designed to do. Because it is much more expensive to work on neck up brain issues than it is to ban something. At the end of the day, if you follow the money, that's the problem. They refuse to pay... To pay these massive amounts of money to study and understand and what's going on with the brain. Because we're already 40, 50 years behind heart health with the brain. And we don't want to do it. We don't want to spend the money because they all have to get reelected. And they need to save minnows and crap in whatever district they're in. So that's the issue. When it comes down to brass tacks, that's the issue. What's it going to take to get them reelected? And how much money will it save so they can use it for stupid projects in their district? Period. That's what it is. It's really simple. The only problem is we keep voting the same morons how do, in office. How do we, um, uh, how will our military react? Because the, one of the common sense measures is, you know, if you're unstable, you shouldn't have a gun. Well, how many of you guys were told by the VA, you know, just, just it's a lot easier. Just, just say you have PTSD and you'll get all the medicine, you get everything you need. Well, that makes you unstable now. I'm more stable than anyone I've ever talked to at the VA. <laughs> <laughs> and I was severely wounded in combat. Not according to the paperwork you signed, sir. <laughs> that's right. That's you mean, right. You that's mean that the government design, the paperwork I signed yes, that the government right. design? Yes. Catch-22, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, l- l- listen, I... I, uh... It's just funny that these laws and things come from people who do sit-ins for no reason. <laughs> they know is going to accomplish nothing. 
Nothing. Well, no, no they didn't. They did accomplish um, yeah, they were some cater- jobs. I think were created for the catering, the catering that they had coming in. They had some Gosh. nice catering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so well, fresh pillows were brought in for them. Yeah, so they were creating some jobs there on catering and pillow fluffers. It just makes you want to headbutt a spike repeatedly, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Because <laughs> it would just be it less painful. It does. It, does. Just, what was it? it was no, 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 uh, no bill, no break. Yeah. Until the break came, then obviously we'll yeah. be back on July 5th. Until <laughs> they decided, yup, no, recess, see ya. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's okay, everybody, just, just break for lunch. We'll come right back. Just remember where you were sitting. <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, it's unstable. Whatever. I mean, I got, they gave me, um, I want to say, I saw the paperwork the other day because we just got a new car and you know, getting the purple heart plates. And I, I want to say it said 30%, it might have said 10% actually, for chronic post-traumatic stress. Obviously, I'm over 100% because everything else. But I remember seeing that and thinking, well, that's the gift that keeps on giving. That should be worth more than the leg or the other leg or the arm. Yeah. That's the issue. It's neck up issues, man. It's mental pain. So um, tell, how, tell, tell us how people can help. I mean, we've, we've had you on a couple of times and... Because, A, you're a great guest, but, but also because we don't know what to do. I mean, that's an amazing problem. Yeah, listen, uh, it's fairly simple uh, in the fact of how you can show support. And we have these things we call honor rings. And they're to honor all those who served and or are serving. And to highlight the fact that 22 warriors on average die by suicide every day. And so we wear these on our trigger finger for obvious reasons. And uh, I got to tell you, I've been asked more about this ring than I have my prosthetic leg. Because you don't usually sell, see, you know, grown men with a ring on their trigger finger. Yeah, I mean, see, but see, this is one of the things. I mean, there's a difference between you wearing that ring on your trigger finger and then a guy like me who does not look as cool or as tough <laughs> as you. It's kind of like... Look at the dude with the ring on his, in his index finger. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with that guy? Yeah, listen. But see, that, that's the mindset that I don't need. That's not. That's not helpful. <laughs> that's not helpful. I love you. You are so funny, man. You are really funny. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, yeah. I always say, because you've heard a lot, one team, one fighter, one team, one dream, teamwork yeah. makes a dream work. So here's my, I have on my ring, it says one tribe, one fight, because I always say that, one tribe, one fight. Because to me, it's much, it's much more difficult to be a member of a tribe than it is a team. A team, you have the same letterhead, same uniform, jersey, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. A tribe is much different. It goes much deeper. You have the same ideals, the same convictions, the same mission, the same goals, and the same drive. Same purpose. And so that's why I go a trap. Just to me, it means more. And so we wear these rings just to show that we respect those who serve. We respect those who've given and sacrificed. And we respect those warriors who ultimately, and the way I look at it is, have been given a reprieve from their suffering. Because I've been there. And it is not a fun place to be. And I just want these warriors and their families, more importantly, to know we love you and we honor you and we cherish you and we have your back and we will fight for you. We're trying. We're doing everything we can with what we got. 
and we won't stop. So the mission of 22kill.com, and you go, you can go and you buy a... Yes, right. please get an honoring and show your support. And that's why I said you weren't, weren't being helpful, because here's the thing. Yeah. You do not have to wear camouflage uniform to be of service to this nation. There are a multitude of ways to serve your nation. You do not have to be on a frontline battlefield dodging 7.62 millimeter rounds to serve your nation. It's a lot cooler. I it mean, is. when you come back. But you only mess up like once. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing. This is a way yeah. where you can serve. get one of these rings and say, show, hey, I'm part of your tribe. I got your back. Get an honor ring. I'm not asking you to affix a foreign object on your forehead. Well, that's good because that would probably be hard to get people to do that. It's hard to get people to wear a ring on their friggin' index finger. It's like, come on. <laughs> you know? It's like, really. Okay, I will, I will wear one. Here's the thing. I will wear one. Yeah, well, you're going to. Jeffy's, Jeffy's. I've got mine. He's already got his. Stu? I brought, I brought you guys rings. which know, I usually, appreciate it very much. I love it. By the way, they're. How much are they? $22 for just the plain black. And then we have titanium and tungsten. I like the tungsten because it's heavier. And then, you know, I just like the feeling of knowing that. We see the difference? Oh, yeah. It's, right. You can see the dip, But anyway, you can't touch mine, but you can have this one. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's yours. Thank you. Find your size. You're probably going to be about a 12. And here's the rule. Do they, have, uh, do they make them in Donald Trump sizes? Very, very small. Little teeny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Teeny little bitty. Yeah, almost yeah. insignificant size. <laughs> the, uh, Things are all worth about Thirty, forty thousand dollars. Yeah, well, they yeah, said Trump. Get every single one. Anyway, so but here's the thing: you can also we we have uh, we do engraving, personal engraving in house. So if you wanted that, that would be more expensive. Obviously, time resources. So you. So could, these rings, by the way, mm-hmm. the selling of these rings is one way that we keep the lights on. Once we cover our overhead, the rest goes towards helping warriors, their families, various forms of treatment, therapies, activities, et cetera, et cetera. We're partnered with lots of organizations that do great work. Uh, all the donations we receive, 100% of that goes towards fighting the good fight, moving the mission forward, sending these warriors and their families to these various organizations to either get traditional treatment or non-traditional treatment because that's what it takes. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of resources to really right the ship when it comes to neck-up issues. It's not a pill. It's, it's not. No, it's so much more in-depth and thorough than that. Yeah. That's why our VA is failing, because it is, you cannot treat post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury with a blanket. You can't, because we're all individuals. We all know that. We're all different. We, we will all react to mental stress differently and mental pain differently. And so that's one of the reasons we're losing our nation's finest at the rapid rate is because they lose that purpose and that drive and, you know, why am I here or why did I live? Survivor's guilt. Or why didn't I deploy? I didn't do enough. When they get out of the military and they think, well, what now? You know, it was weird. When I got out of the, when I medically retired from the Marines, there was not a lot of job openings for a machine gunner from the Marine Corps. Right. It was weird. I thought, well, I, you know, bad people need to die, right? Still. Surprised <laughs> <laughs> you don't work for Homeland Security. <laughs> no, that's... I'm you not, know, we work for the Department of Education. Or Top right? Flight Security of America, also known as TSA. Yeah. They're awesome. 
No, they're seriously. Yeah. Those guys don't mess with them. They're tough. Yeah. Again, with the head button a spike. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to see you. You too. No, you guys are you guys are great. It's uh, yeah. No, wear your rings daily because uh, you're all part of our tribe now, and uh, I appreciate you guys. This is a uh, an issue that needs to go noticed, and the yeah. fact that you are willing to help with that means the world to me. Because I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm tired of going to funerals. Everybody I know. That is a warrior like you says exactly that same thing. Yeah. It gets enough. It gets tough at times to talk to parents or wives or husbands. And and then they say, you know, what more can you do? Or Jake, do you feel like you've done enough? And the easy answer is never enough. Never done enough. 22 kill.com 22, the number 22 kill K I L L. Dot com. Please go and, um, and be a part. Help out. This we have to do. Now this. About every 20 years, America is swept up in another wave of progressivism. And, uh, and the president has put an exclamation point on the uh, previous work done by Theodore Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson and LBJ and FDR. If Hillary Clinton gets elected, we open... The absolute floodgates on the longest progressive era this country has ever seen, and I don't think we make it back. Um, it is exhausting to hold back the tide, but one group that doesn't tire of the fight is FreedomWorks, the FreedomWorks Foundation. They're the best at giving the, uh, the, giving, um, uh, the concerned citizens the training that you need, whether you want to knock on doors, organize phone banks, contact your congressman, run for an office yourself, all of it leads to one thing. Stop the progressive surge. Go to freedomworksforme.com. Donate 2016 right now. $20.16. Freedomworksforme.com. Donate now. Freedomworksforme.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program. 888 beck He is funny. He is funny. Some of the guys who have been wounded the worst that we have had on the show are... to be the funniest. ...are funny, self-deprecating, you know... Totally totally comfortable with talking about their injuries, joking about their injuries. And making you comfortable with it. You know, I lost, you lost your leg. No, I I know exactly where it went. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just great. I mean, I, 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 you think you try to compare yourself if you would be in that situation, and of course, you know, being a complete loser would never even be put into the position of going to battle because I would fail out of it. But even if I was there and this happened to you, 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 I feel like you would handle it so much worse. And even these guys who are real heroes go over there and have real tough times. They don't all come out with that sort of attitude, and that's why his organization is so important. It's, it's it got to be impossible. You gotta stand by our guys. We promised each other we would. We gotta stand by our guys. Go to 22kill.com right now. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. 
Obviously, the Brexit vote is having a huge impact on the markets. All day yesterday, it was back and forth and it was close. We'll tell you how the decision is going to affect you. Also, a man who Ted Cruz wants to see working with him in the U.S. Senate. You're going to hear from him. There's a lot of people who don't know who to vote for. Concentrate on those senators and those congressmen that will stand for the Constitution. We'll introduce you to one. And right now, we wrap up our serial on the founding fathers in slavery. The abolitionists of the area uh, of the era are the focus of today's episode, and it begins right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Just as some Americans refuse to believe that America's founders built this nation on Christian Judeo principles, there are those who can't accept that they also did their best to set up the eventual abolition of slavery in the country. As we have demonstrated in this serial, there were multiple factors that prevented eliminating slavery immediately. But even many of the slaveholding founders like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, who were the first men in the New World to try to abolish slavery by including abolition in the original Declaration of Independence, before other delegates took that section out, and Ben Franklin, who were opposed to the practice and sought to end it. Franklin eventually became president of a Philadelphia abolition society. George Mason, also a Virginia slaveholder, in fact, the second largest slaveholder in Fairfax County after George Washington, was also a longtime abolitionist. Again, many Americans can't get their head around the obvious dichotomy. But once you understand the laws of the time, it's not that difficult. These men were playing with the hand they were dealt until such a time they could figure out a way to obtain a new deck of cards, a new set of laws, but without toppling the game itself. It's important to remember, Virginia law prohibited the owners from freeing their slaves. Of the practice, George Mason wrote, Slavery is a slow poison which is daily contaminating the minds and morals of our people. Every gentleman here is born a petty tyrant, and in such an infernal school are to be educated our future legislators and rulers. And at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia in 1787, he repeated his sentiments. Every master of slaves is born a petty tyrant. Slaves bring the judgment of heaven on a country. As nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. So committed was he to the cause of abolition that even though he was widely regarded as the father of the Bill of Rights, Mason refused to sign the Constitution in large part because it did not specifically and immediately end slavery. 
John Jay, a revolutionary war hero and author of several of the Federalist Papers, who eventually became the first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. As governor of New York, he signed the legislation he had long fought for, which abolished slavery in that state. Signer of the Declaration of Independence and member of the Continental Congress, Benjamin Rush was an early advocate for ridding the nation of slavery. He published an influential anti-slavery pamphlet in 1773. But no discussion of slavery, founders, and abolitionists would be complete without mentioning some of the black heroes who were founders themselves of the anti-slavery movement. Courageous Americans like Harriet Tubman. Born in slavery in 1822 in Maryland, where she was routinely whipped and beaten. Tubman was a devout Christian and a fearless freedom fighter. Despite a serious head injury from her owner that caused her health issues for the rest of her life, she escaped slavery in 1849 at the age of 27. But rather than just keep going and enjoying her new freedom, she immediately turned around and headed back to Maryland time after time to rescue members of her own family and lead them to freedom. She became an important member of the Underground Railroad, a network of blacks and whites who used secret routes and safe houses to help blacks escape slavery. The slaves were taken to free states, or more securely, taken to Canada, since the southern slave owners would often kidnap free blacks in the north and take them back to the south with them, claiming they had escaped. From Biography In 1850, things became more dangerous for Harriet when the Fugitive Slave Act was passed. Instead of being a free woman, she was now a fugitive. She continued to free slaves, but now guiding them to Canada so they could truly be free. From 1851 to 1857, Harriet lived mostly north of the border in St. Catharines, Canada. She continued to make trips to Maryland twice a year to save more slaves. As if all of that wasn't enough of a risk for Harriet Tubman, during the Civil War, she joined the Union Army as an armed scout and spy. She was the first woman to lead an armed expedition in the war, guiding the raid at Combahee Ferry, which liberated more than 700 slaves. Harriet Tubman lived to witness the end of slavery in the United States and died a free woman on her own property in New York State in 1913. The extraordinary life of Frederick Douglass began in slavery as well in 1818. Douglass experienced all of the horrors of slavery during his youth and young adulthood, before finally escaping from Maryland to Pennsylvania in 1838. The next year he became a licensed preacher and began honing his oratory skills, for which he would later become so famous. Historian David Barton fills in some of the details of his life from that point. Three years after his escape, he delivered an anti-slavery speech in Massachusetts. He was promptly hired to work for the state's anti-slavery society, and he also served as a preacher at Zion Methodist Church. During Douglass's first years in freedom in the North, he studied at the feet of abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison, who taught him that the Constitution was a pro-slavery document. Douglass accepted this claim, and his early speeches and writings reflected that belief. However, Douglas later began to research the issue for himself. He read the Constitution. 
He read the writings of those who wrote the Constitution, and what he found revolutionized his thinking. Once Frederick Douglass had read the Constitution for himself and studied the words of the Founding Fathers, his entire outlook on the document and America changed. I was on the anti-slavery question, fully committed to the doctrine touching the pro-slavery character of the Constitution. I advocated this with pen and tongue, according to the best of my ability. However, upon a latter reconsideration of the whole subject, I became convinced that the Constitution of the United States not only contained no guarantees in favor of slavery, but on the contrary, it is in its letter and spirit an anti-slavery instrument demanding the abolition of slavery as a condition of its own existence as the supreme law of the land. Now, here was a radical change in my opinions. Douglas traveled the country for six months in 1843, touring with an anti-slavery group of speakers. At a stop in Indiana, an angry pro-slavery mob chased him, caught him, and beat him before a local Christian Quaker family rescued him. Frederick Douglass went on to become a best-selling author, diplomat, and a member of a fledgling anti-slavery, pro-abolition political party named the Republican Party. It was the same party to which a former congressman and 1860 presidential candidate Abraham Lincoln belonged. While the Founding Fathers and courageous black leaders brought the United States to the brink of ridding itself of the evil of slavery, it was the great emancipator Abraham Lincoln with his steady hand, his inspired leadership, his resolute commitment that pushed the nation over that edge. There are many that say that Lincoln's willingness to go to war with the South had little or nothing to do with slavery, but that simply isn't true. During the Civil War, Lincoln said that he had always believed slavery was unjust, and he couldn't remember a time in his life when he thought differently. He didn't necessarily have all of the answers about what the nation would look like after slavery ended, but he did want to end it. In 1854, Lincoln gave what is known as the Peoria speech, where he told the audience that slavery needed to be abolished. However, at that time, he didn't know how to do it or what would happen afterwards. What would become of the South's economy? Should we do it gradually or all at once? Would the nation accept the free blacks? How would they be treated? How would they treat their former slave owners? There were four million of them, and without proper education, could they function on their own in a free society? Would they return to Africa? Did they want to return to Africa, the land from which they had been taken? He didn't know any of the answers. No one did, black or white. But he knew the most important answer. Slavery had to end. It was evil. Are there any quotes about race that some point to where Lincoln seems reluctant to whites and blacks to live together or intermarry? Yes, yet another indication of the times in which he lived. However, even on that, Lincoln's feelings evolved. There is no doubt, however, that he was unwavering in his resolve to see an end to slavery. Whenever I hear anyone arguing for slavery, I feel a strong impulse to see it tried on him personally. At a Chicago speech in 1858, he said, I have always hated slavery. 
I think as much as any abolitionist. And in the debate with Stephen Douglas before he was president. He is blowing out the moral lights around us when he contends that whoever wants slaves has a right to hold them. That he is penetrating, so far as lies in his power, the human soul and eradicating the light of reason and the love of liberty when he is in every possible way preparing the public mind by his vast influence for making the institution of slavery perpetual and national. When virtually everyone else in his administration and his life insisted that he let it go, Lincoln instead forged ahead, issuing the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 stating that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are, and henceforward, shall be free. It was a just cause, and certainly a costly one. It tore the nation in half for the first time and took the lives of 620,000 Americans. One recent study actually puts the number closer to 850,000 more than the total loss of all other American wars combined. But Abraham Lincoln, the abolitionists, and most of the Founding Fathers knew that it was an evil that had to be eradicated, and thus a price had to be paid. For the left in America, it's strange that the Founders and Lincoln still receive the treatment that they do. But when you consider the love and admiration they still express for proven racist and eugenics advocates like Woodrow Wilson, Margaret Sanger, and George Bernard Shaw, one is left scratching their head. Glenn Beck. No matter what happens in Europe uh, over the next few days, we all know that the EU is in trouble. Vote, no vote. We know the EU. Its days are numbered. People in Great Britain are already scrambling and buying gold bars and then stuffing them in safes at home. In fact, if you look at Google search data, the term home safe is now running 61% higher than the level where it peaked last time, which was right at the crash of November 2008. It's higher than any other point since time. I don't know might be a good time to think about having, you know, something else besides, uh, oh, I don't know, a euro or, uh, or anything that is uh, paper currency. Think about gold. Their gold line has a Purchase Plus program, the industry's best new loyalty program. Uh, call and learn more, especially if you've already purchased gold. Um, they've added some things to it that you need to know about, so ask them about it. Call one eight six six gold line Find out about their Purchase Plus, their exclusive bullion coins, don't get caught um, in the back of the bus. Make sure you are driving it. 866-465-3546. Read their important risk information. Find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So, 
So I, uh, I've been having about uh, no more than 15 carbs a day and about 800 to 1,000 calories a day. That's good. Okay. Uh, Hundred to a thousand? Yeah. Oh, you should be dropping weight like crazy. Yeah. Well, I well I have. You know how much weight I've lost in the last week? No. Zero. Oh, jeez. Zero. That sucks. It's not even possible. It's like I am. I must be getting up in the middle of the night, making cake and eating it every night without my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, my first guess to the reason is is that you're lying and you're actually eating other foods. That's that's my. I would say the most likely answer here is really not just sneaking twinkies. I am really not. Your body is in ketosis or whatever. Whatever it is. Oh, your body no, does do that. You know, I don't know. What no, I, I've gone down to, uh, I've gotten down because uh, because f- food is killing me. And I mean, it's not only making me fat and it kills me to look like Jeffy, but I mean, it literally is killing me. I, I really think that there is something really wrong with our food. Right. And, uh, and so I've gone back to that really strict diet. I, I went, I, I, just, I just had liquid for five days. And I never felt better in my life. But I cannot live on liquid alone. Man cannot oh, live on course. liquid I mean, alone. That's why you're having some onion and cabbage broth, not just not just broth right now. And who doesn't like to start their day with a, a big oh, old bowl of onion, onion and, and cabbage broth? broth. Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm having, like onion and cabbage broth. That is what I'm eating for breakfast. And I'm not Ugh. losing any weight. So nasty. I mean, I think that's, I don't know, how, how long has it been? It's been a week have lost on that. Uh, you, no, a, look, two weeks, two yeah, weeks before. Lost some weight. No, no, hang on. Two weeks before, I did Atkins. And I went on Atkins because I really wanted to oh, lose, I wanted to lose like 30 pounds. And I lost 12 pounds on Atkins. Then my wife wanted me to really get healthy, and so we were doing a juice thing. And I did that as long as I could possibly take it. Since last Friday, I have lost zero pounds. Is that post-juice thing? Yeah, that's that's with the juice and post juice. Uh, if if you do Atkins properly, it is healthy. Oh yeah, no, I know it is healthy. No, I know. Why didn't you just keep doing that? If you if it was working, you think for you. your wife? You you're, you're gonna say no to your wife? <laughs> well, I think the issue might be switching. That's why I was asking. Yes. I think you're, you've yeah. now switched diets three times in the past two weeks. Your body's kind of so like well, even you if you're doing them right, you're, you, that might be part of the issue. <laughs> might be. You know. 800 calories, no more than eight. How much, li- literally, how much is, how many calories are in broth, cabbage, and onions? Well, cabbage is like a block of cheese. Yeah. I, mean, that's, <laughs> I know. And just as tasty. Uh, I, I don't know. Just I mean, as tasty. You eat 800 calories a day of anything, though, and you're going to lose weight. I mean, I, you could eat 800 calories of Twinkies a day. And Correct. Eat, like, I mean, that wouldn't be a lot of Twinkies, but it would, it, that would happen. I, I mean, you may try that one. Because that one sounds fun. Although that's probably like two Twinkies. So yep. it's not as fun as you think. Um, well, that's better than six bowls of broth, onion, and cabbage. Oh, I don't know about that. With the cabbage, you're still holding I'm to still that. holding wow. to the cabbage. It's, it's, it's onion, cabbage, broth. I mean, you. I mean, you say it like that. If I say it's broth and cabbage and onions, it doesn't oh. sound good. But if I say... Hey, who wants a big bowl of onion cabbage broth? Oh, we're oh, in. I and everybody's in. Now, this is gonna. This is not gonna Your tempt you. Now. This is not gonna tempt you because right. it's, you've got onion cabbage broth. Right. To eat. <laughs> but I think it's Monday is the day, the debut at Burger King's across America of the new Mac and Cheetos. Oh my gosh! Now, the Mac and Cheetos are a the shape of like almost like a mozzarella stick or a large Cheeto, except it's fried and it has a Cheeto dusting on the outside. Oh. Inside, so do we. 
Yes, so do we. Yeah, we. It's true. And inside <laughs> is mac and cheese. Dude, that's oh, it's oh a my fried god. Fried mac and cheese, Cheetos coated, like mozzarella stick. I'm trying to say that sounds better than onion cabbage bro. I am going to be. Well, not when you get the onion. In. Just in case Breitbart uh, decides to say that I am, uh, I've been fired, or I was. Uh, uh, or I was forced to leave the state. I'm going to be in Los Angeles all next week. Then I'm going on vacation. Um, but I believe they have Burger Kings out in Los Angeles. Oh, they do. I believe they do. They do. Yeah. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. To the Glenn Beck Program. The South Mississippi Tea Party. This is truly amazing to me. Has closed down shop. They have they have disbanded, uh, and it's a significant Tea Party. South Mississippi Tea Party has disbanded because, as the former chairman Barry Nayray, I'm a worn out. And quite frankly, all of us are worn out. They backed Ted Cruz in the primary. Uh, and when they lost that, he said, it's just too much. It was our last straw. He said, uh, we're trying now not to pay attention to the destruction of our country. I've already shut down Fox News. I can't believe how much time I have now by not paying attention to these things. We cannot be a group of people that give up. If we give up, there's nothing left. And there are things that you can do. We have, we have said that we have got to look for the down ticket. You've got to go out and vote for the down ticket. You've got to look for good, strong, constitutional guys. There is a guy who is currently the El Paso County Commissioner in Colorado Springs. Uh, he is running for U.S. Senate out of Colorado. This is a guy... I don't, have you guys even heard Ted Cruz or anything in the last... What two months? You don't hear him at all. He's mentioned some, he's been on active on Twitter and some with some legislation, but he's not trying to. Right, he's not out there. Camping. Yeah, um, he has just um, endorsed Daryl Glenn uh, and says this is the guy I want to work with in the Senate, and so we wanted to get to know him, and he is on with us now. Daryl, how are you? Oh, I'm having a great day. How are you? And thanks for having me on. You bet. So. Daryl, tell me a little bit about yourself. Why are you running? Where you come from? Who are you? Well, I grew up in a military family. Uh, my father uh, spent 26 years in the Air Force. When he finished, my mother actually went in as a nurse in the Army. And she likes to make the joke that she was the first one to make lieutenant colonel in the family and holds that over my head. That's funny. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I went to the Air Force Academy. I graduated, spent 21 and a half years in the military, and retired as a lieutenant colonel. I came home and got involved in local politics, was on city council for eight years. I'm currently a county commissioner, won my last re-election with over 80% of the vote. I have an MBA and a law degree, so don't hold that against me. Holy cow, where'd you go to school? I went to uh, 
while I was in the military, uh, Western New England College for my MBA and uh, New England School of Law for my law degree. Wow. And I just saw a picture, and I, I mean, you're black. Uh, I, I mean, what's up with that? that? You're, a, you're a conservative and you're black? That can't happen. What, I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I've been fighting that all my life. Uh, you know, I one bet of the you things, have. <laughs> one of the things on the campaign trail, they always ask you, the key question is, how are you going to outreach to the minority community? And I say I do every morning when I, when I shave my head. <laughs> so, Daryl, what, what is the, I mean, Californians have turned your state, uh, Colorado, into, you know, uh, into a state that I don't recognize from growing up out west, man. That Colorado is not the Colorado that I recognize. Uh, hello, Boulder. Um, are there enough conservatives out there now that, are, that can get you elected? Well, they are, but they are frustrated. I have been campaigning for about a year and a half, and I purposely started early because I wanted to take the time to have a grassroots campaign and go around and talk to people. And universally, people are upset about the fact that they're tired of politicians saying one thing to get elected, and then when they get in office, whether it's in Washington, D.C., or even here in Denver, they completely sell out on the values that they promised on the, on, you know, on the campaign trail. So what are the values that you're promising? What are the things, what are the things that you say you're never going to violate, and why should I believe you? Well, I always start off, and this was controversial at the very beginning, I proudly pro- proclaim that I'm an unapologetic Christian, constitutional, conservative, pro-life, Second Amendment, loving American. People are like, why are you throwing that out there? And I say, well, we think about what we've been through over the past almost eight years. We've had an administration that has suppressed our First Amendment rights. And I'm saying that because I'm not trying to convert people into a certain faith, but I want people to understand that it's now at the time to be bold and brave and probably proclaim who or what you are. And understand that you have a role in this country, and you should be proud of the fact that you are an American. And we need to stand up and fight, because our country is at a major crossroads, and now is the time to stand up and do something about it. So, Daryl, I just read a story uh, about the uh, South Mississippi Tea Party. They've just surrendered. They've said, we're all worn out. And I understand that. I mean, those of us on this show, we've been doing this. I mean, I've been radio for 40 years, but I've been doing... Uh, talk radio now for what 16 or 17 years and hardcore fighting since 2000 and we're exhausted we are exhausted because it doesn't seem like we're getting any traction at all and then you you watch the weasels we have john mccain standing up in the senate this week and proposing that because of the shooting in orlando which according to the White House, we'll never really know the motive behind that. He stands up and he says, you know, we have to take away, we have to limit the scope of the first, second, fourth, fifth, and seventh amendment. Because if you're a, if, if, if you're suspected, not on the list, if you're just suspected, we need to really find out for sure. So we need to go in and monitor every keystroke of your computer. Without a warrant, who is standing up, Daryl? I mean, we've we've fought hard. Give me hope that we can trust anybody there. Well, 
if John McCain did in fact say that, I've been out on the trail, but if he said that, that just justifies why I voted for Sarah Palin in that particular election. <laughs> but I um, try to tell people all the time, the two things that we need to battle and what I'm trying to instill in people is trust because people have lost their faith in government. And the second thing is we need to battle that state of unbelief and not from a religious standpoint, but just believing that if we work hard, and we band together that we can actually save this country before it's too late. So Ted Cruz was uh, Ted Cruz endorsed you, and I don't know if he's endorsed an awful lot of people, and um, that is, you know, uh, uh, high praise uh, coming from from him. When you go to Washington, if you get there, and you're the U.S. Senator in Washington, give me the top three things, and preferably in order that you think we have got to do right now? Well, hopefully we take up the, uh, if we win, and I expect us to win, uh, the White House, the Supreme Court appointment is crucial when you think about what happened today. I want somebody, in fact, if Ted Cruz is not president for some reason, then I want to advocate for him to be a Supreme Court justice. I That's would- that would, if I could trust Donald Trump to to actually do that promise and fight all the way tooth and nail all of his credibility to do that, that um, that that might even be worth saying. Well, maybe I'd go for Donald Trump, but he wouldn't. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I'm starting that movement, but we need something in the line of Justice Scalia, somebody like Senator Cruz, because I, I want I'm a strict constructionist. I want somebody that I can count on that's going to stand up for our rights. Because I do have a litmus test, and I don't apologize for it. So I'm going to be uh, very critical. And I, I applaud the Senate for not having hearings on Justice Garland, because you can see what would have happened today if somebody like that, with all due respect, was in there. We would lose these battles. We need to stand up for somebody that's going to strictly adhere to the Constitution. So that is, of course, immediately we need to do. But I'm a big national security and debt person. When you start thinking about we need a commander-in-chief that actually can say radical Islamic terrorism. Um, that should be a litmus test. If you can't say those words, you shouldn't even be sworn into office. How do, you deal, how do you deal with the jihadis that are coming over or already here or are homegrown guys like the guy in Orlando? How do you protect? They just want common sense gun control. What, what is your suggestion that you, to use as common sense? Well, you, you don't get distracted by taking up gun control. You realize that this is part of a larger objective in the fact that there is an enemy out there that has declared war on the United States. And we need to be very serious about our immigration policy. And we need to actually, Republicans and Democrats, need to get to work in securing our borders. We need to cut off policies that encourage people to violate the rule of law. We need to clearly state that amnesty is not going to be allowed. We need to hold employers accountable for, um, you know, essentially employing illegals. We need to get rid of this multiculturalism phase and recognize the fact that we should be encouraging policies that uh, encourage assimilation. It's, we should be proud to be an American. We need to defund sanctuary cities. So these are things that we need to implement right now. And even within my own county, you know, we've got the president and we have a governor that says we want more Syrian refugees. I brought forward an emergency resolution that basically suspends all funding to Syrian refugees until they can demonstrate that they aren't a threat to the community. These are your taxpayer dollars as citizens. 
everybody should stand up and do the same thing. Daryl, um, yeah, how well do you know Ted Cruz? Well, now, uh, you know, I felt like we had a, I, I guess, guarantee you, I spent 45 minutes on the phone and he vetted me. And he's as thorough as you can imagine. And oh, we talk man. policy, we talk policy issues. And I'm just so blessed that he took the time to come out here on the day that he was going to go back and do battle with regard to those gun bills to come out here and personally endorse me. That just shows me so much about his character. And I am so much looking forward to aligning with him, Mike Lee, Ben Sass. We're ready to go to battle. So um, the reason why I ask is you've watched him battle, obviously. And if that, if that, Nash, uh, that National Enquirer story was true, I mean, not about his father. We all know that his father killed JFK. But the other one, <laughs> if, um, if, if he had character flaws as big as, as that, and I mean character flaws that are not as big as that. I mean little problems. They're toast. And we have watched these guys turn friends who were, were good friends and good people. And they lost their way on one thing or whatever. And then they were toast. And now they're in the pocket of, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell and, and all the rest of them. How's your soul? How's your life? How clean are you? Because we can't send a warrior in who has any kind of warts in his in his past that he's not willing to address and is trying to keep something secret. Are are you aware of that? Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I very much want to be a, a citizen representative. But I don't want people to take this the wrong way. This doesn't define me. You know, I don't need to be a U.S. senator to fill my resume. Uh, I am, I'm accountable to God. I am a, you know, God-fearing Christian. And I'm well-versed as far as, you know, who and what I am. So when, you, when people are very concerned about the fact that when you go there, you get turned. And I, uh, I put the question right back on them because it, it's really a character question. And you need to go back and look at somebody's challenges that they've overcome and how did they actually face adversity? Because that's a true indication of whether or not you're going to flip. And you can go back and look at my background. I'm proud of every single thing that I've done. And it's one of these things where I want to be a representative for the citizens of Colorado because they haven't had a voice. They're extremely frustrated about it. And you need somebody that's not worrying about going out there being reelected. I want to stand up and fight. But do it in a way that it's actually you can do it from a leadership standpoint, because I grew up as a Reagan conservative in a Democrat household. That's what motivated me was how he brought the country together, because he actually showed leadership qualities. That's what's lacking in, in, in Washington, D.C. right now. Daryl, God bless you. We wish you luck. I know the vote is, what is it, Tuesday? Yes, it is. And you're up by five percentage points, the latest poll that we saw. Is that all right? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't focus in on that. All I know is I don't take the foot off the gas. In fact, we just got a, a great endorsement as from a, an individual that's giving me an endorsement as a private citizen. You, mo- you all might be aware of Dr. James Dobson. He has given oh, yeah. me his personal endorsement as a private citizen, and we are going to be rolling that out here right now. That's great. Daryl, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you want to get involved um, and if you're looking for somebody that will stand uh, with Mike Lee and uh, and Ted Cruz, 
Go to electdarylglenn with two N's, electdarylglenn.com. Do that now, and there are people out there that we can support, and there are people that we can pour our energy and money into, and he may be one of them for you. electdarylglenn.com. Now this, a lot of good people looking for work right now, and if you're trying to hire somebody, how do you find the best candidate? When we are looking for people, we use ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post on 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once, and you'll watch the qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You just screen the candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. ZipRecruiter, been used by over 800,000 businesses, including ours. You can post the jobs right now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Again, try it for free. Get the right people in your office. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. So remember the uh, you lie moment where Representative Wilson said you lie yeah. to Obama during the State of the Union? You lie. You lie. Yeah. Uh, and he was beat up for it because the, what he was saying the president was lying over was that he uh, you know, was going to give uh, illegal immigrants access to Obamacare, right? Right. Um, there's a list on Hillary Clinton's website, 112 reasons why Hillary Clinton should be your next president. Number 70. She believes we should let families buy into the Affordable Care Act regardless of immigration status. You lie. lie. No, it's right here. I'm reading it. You lie. Oh, but guys, I'm not lying. Liar. Regardless. Lie. Lying liar. Lies. Mercury. I mean, I know that I know that Britain is quaint and everything, but last night trying to get the vote from Brexit, it was, you know, they said that they count all of them by hand. Yeah, I mean, they they, they explained to a pencil, yes or no, square, put it in the box. They still, do they still lock people up in the tower and <laughs> off yes. with your head, kind of stuff too? I mean, that's hello, welcome to the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way. So what's next for Europe? Well, we have some suggestions. Grexit for Greece. Uh, Departugal. Departugal. Italy. Like that. I really like checkout myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's good. Yeah. Austria. Finnish, which is kind of Slovak out. Later via instead of Latvia. We were just, you know, just. And we have the, we also have the repercussions of the sit in for the Democrats. We're going to begin there right now. 
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Friday. Welcome to the program. I didn't mention my personal uh, favorite, which is Texit. <laughs> right. And I would. Texas. And you know what? If there was a vote for the Texas ex- ex- exiting the republic, seriously, I mean, what yes. do you think that vote would be? Ooh. It'd be no, but I, yeah. I would vote yes. I would vote yes. How big of a, how big of a no would that be? Not very. Uh, you know, 53, 47-ish. <laughs> seriously? Think you think? So. Yeah, I think it'd be close. But I, I don't think... Oh, they wouldn't you know. If... After the election, however, you know, two years from now, when yeah, it's, no matter who, no matter no who matter wins, which one it is, if they if they start doing the things like they're talking about right it now, might be eighty twenty. Yeah. Yes, yes, Texit. Yes, we we have we should we need to make those shirts. I think so too. Pel Pelmatine, we need some Texit T-shirts and bumper stickers. I'm getting on the bandwagon early. I'm all for Texit 2018. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, uh-huh. did we not make Brad Thor's uh, campaign? Did we not start that off yes, super sweet yesterday? So. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't know if you saw Brad Thor with Thor's hammer. <clears throat> he announced yesterday on this program he will absolutely run for a third party uh, and he will take Thor's hammer and put the hammer down. I'm just, we, that, well, that was ours. That was a free gift from us. Did you see what him. Britain and the comic book company. Many other see what Britain pays <laughs> to be in the EU. See how much it costs them? Unbelievable. Thirty eight billion dollars a year. Thirty eight billion a year. What do they get for that? Uh the oh. opportunity to get a lot of regulations that they didn't vote on. Loss of GDP. <laughs> the loss of a GDP that's gone from what what, what was the stat that he used thirty to seventeen. Uh, to seventeen. Yeah. If that's, I mean, that's uh, what they said. You know, know, that's according to Dan. Daniel Hannon. Uh, Daniel Hannon. Yeah, but seriously, what do they get? Like, in Texas, you could say, you know, how much does it cost Texas to be in, in business with the United States, to be in bed with the United States? Well, yeah, but we also got, you know, federal highway money. and we, I mean, we get a lot out of that. Yeah, they got a lot of really good regulations, just like we do. <laughs> Which is great. Um, actually, that was the big defense of John Oliver of this thing. Remember this? Uh, we, we, yeah. we played, I guess it was yesterday on Patents Stew, we played a John Oliver clip where he's like, people are saying it's 300 million pounds a month. Well, uh, that's ridiculous. It's 190 million pounds a month. It's like, wait a minute. That's well, let's do it better. A week. It's 190 a week. million that's right. a week. pounds okay. a week. And it's like, okay. Well, yes. And, and the, the justification for that was they do send... 300 and some odd million dollars a week to uh, to the EU. However, some of that comes back. Now, some of it comes back not for stuff that they're choosing for, but for stuff that the EU is deciding to give back to them. So they don't have control of the money anymore. So they're paying lots of money. They're getting a portion of it back for things that they didn't decide to spend it on. What a miracle. When I was in Poland, I was in, I think it's Warsaw, and there is this horribly ugly building. I think it's the train station. And it's this huge building right in the center. And uh, and I remember landing and seeing this thing. We pull up to the hotel downtown. And it's just the ugliest, awful, communist building I've ever seen. 
And um, I said to the driver, I said, now that's a, wow, that's a, that's, wow. Is that town hall or what, 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 what exactly? That's, hmm, that is a nice looking building there. And the guy just kind of looks up at me in the mirror and he said, Soviet. And I said, what? And he explained to me that that was a gift from the Soviets. Now, remember, Poland is paying everything and they're doing everything for the Soviet Union. Russia decided to give them a gift of a train station, but it had to be built their way. They paid for it. They're building you a brand new train station. And it's one of the ugliest buildings you've ever seen in your life. That's kind of what you get out of the EU. Oh, yeah, sure. You've sold your country to the devil. But we're going to pour some of that money back into an ugly thing that you don't want. Congratulations. Yeah. Welcome to the EU. I know. It's, well, and this is the thing. It's about control, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's a larger conversation. It's bigger than the vote yesterday. I mean, it's all about these giant organizations uh, and, you know, whether it makes any sense. For example, um, it, eventually... We're going to see multiple countries do the same thing that we saw in Britain. And votes will go one way, votes will go another way. But the idea that any one of these votes could shake up our economy is a massive problem that should indicate you shouldn't have started the organization in the first place. Yeah, no. Why, why are we at the whim of what some island does halfway around the world? Um, and, you know, think about it. I mean, I know that if I were in Great Britain, I'd be voting for, to exit. Big but I would have not have voted to enter. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entering is really the problem. Well, the problem also here is, did you guys see the, um, the billboards that were driving around in London that just said, uh, stay calm, vote Brex- Brexit? And the, the, the meaning behind that is the fear-mongering mm-hmm. that was going on in, in England of, we leave, we're doomed. We'll be sucked into the sun by Saturday morning. That, that, you know, that plays a big role on people. You know, they don't know. I don't know. They know better. Look at how we were the, the week that, that, that TARP first came out. You know, you hear from all these exper- experts and they're like, oh, if we don't do this, oh, it'll be the stone. We'll be living in a cave by the end of the week and we'll only have fire. And I can't even promise fire. Why don't you just go along with it? You're just every, like, I, we got to do it. Every few years we have this decision. Those fear tactics people. work. Yeah, they do. They do. Every election. Oh, I remember Massachusetts, and of course it's a progressive state, but this is several years ago. And I have a friend who lives in Massachusetts. And they had a vote to get rid of the state income tax. Get rid of it. It's like, I don't know what it is, 6% or something at the time. Mm-hmm. And they had a vote to get rid of it to zero. And the Now look, no one wants to pay higher taxes. Even if you're progressive, you don't want to pay them. They never want to pay them. They just want to make everyone else pay them. Well, that vote failed significantly because they made the case to the people, you're not going to have roads. There will be no freaking roads anymore if you vote this down. There will be no services. There will be no roads. The state will crumble. We're all going to die. Now, us down here in Texas, our friends over in Florida and many other states are saying, really, you need a state income tax or everyone's going to die? Because we seem to be thriving here. But they sell it so Hard. Once the tax is in, it's almost impossible to remove. Yeah. You don't remove it. Oh, you never remove it. I mean, every time we had a bond issue, uh, another bond issue for the school district in which we lived in, in the Houston area, every single time it would start out 80-20 against. And then the scare tactics would begin. 
Oh, your children will be decapitated in their schools. <laughs> what? How? <laughs> How? And every time it would, it would, it would time. win. And every you know what's crazy? Time. In that particular school district, built the most expensive uh, schools. The uh, school that was in his school district had oh. two atriums. Arboretums, right? Yeah. Arboretums? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. And if I'm, not mistake, if I'm not mistaken, the nicest football stadium in all of Texas. Yeah, they just built uh, one of the nicest. Uh, it's hard to say it is the nicest. It's a, they just built, they built a 60, I think it's a $65 million stadium. High school. High school. Somebody beat that though, High recently, didn't yeah, they? Uh, yeah, we've been beaten a couple of times. Yeah, we just did, uh, we just talked about it. Then McKinney, they just uh, voted okay for us. Uh, almost a 70, $70 million. Yeah. Almost a $70 million. I look up the price of the Kingdome, because that sounds like what the Kingdome cost when I was <laughs> originally. The, uh, yeah. Arlington. Yeah. Uh, I, bet it did. I mean, I remember the Kingdome, and it's just uh, this conversation. I never thought of the price of the Kingdome, but I remember this conversation, and I think that's about what the Kingdome cost. $67 million. Yeah. Unbelievable. The Kingdome. Yeah, Arlington just okayed, uh, they're, they're okaying Jeez. a vote for to a uh, billion-dollar new baseball stadium. Uh, yeah, Arlington. That's you, a brand new one. That's what I. That's exactly so what I said. Old. It's so old. It's it is beautiful. It's beautiful. It is that twenty-two is years old, but it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's twenty-two Nothing. years I old. I know what I'd give for something that's twenty-two years old right now. Right? Ooh. We have underwear that's older than twenty-two years. <laughs> give me a couple. I'd give <laughs> anything that's twenty-two years old. Sounds like a sweet gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, this gets obviously the scale just keeps going up and up and up. The new Atlanta Falcons stadium, uh, they just made some changes to it, which the changes to the stadium will cost two hundred million dollars. Those are the changes to the stadium. They add project. seats and uh, and some sort of a field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were they missing? I don't know. Somebody's like, oh, crap. We left out all the parking and the bathroom. Right. <laughs> and by the way, the new projected cost. Uh, which I believe they moved back a year for them to actually play in it. But the new projected cost $1.5 billion in Atlanta. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money. Well, we gotta get, we got we to gotta ask for more in Arlington now. We can't have... Yeah, you can't have Atlanta. And that was where this thing started. Seriously, I want to go back. I want to go back to Arlington. I, I've gone to Rangers games. That is a, that's a, beautiful a stunning, stadium. beautiful it's stadium. It's a great stadium. It's, it is really 1994. Nice. What is the problem? So what? What? It doesn't have a roof. They want to put a roof in, which I can understand considering it gets very hot in Texas, but still. Well, that was your fault in the first place. Building. I mean, I did walk into that place and go, what <laughs> What was the idiot that put this thing together? Those day games in the yeah. 99, 103 degrees area are, are rough, I will say. Uh, and they want a retractable dome. But the bottom line is they want, they want, they want, they want. That is a great park. The, the, what are you going to do with that park? Oh, they're going to bulldoze, gonna bulldoze it. Down. Shut the hell up. The Once the new one's yeah. built, they'll... Oh, my gosh. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. and it's That right. is a great stadium. That's the dumbest thing I've... new one, why would you keep it up? We need... Why? I, I don't know what you do with it, but if your, your choice is, I want a roof, and we have to bulldoze that thing, we can't repurpose it, we can't use it, we're going to tear it down, and it's that good of a stadium, here's what I do. I build a, I take a, an inner city high school that doesn't have a, a good high school and I build that in the parking lot so they have one fantastic stadium for free. Mm-hmm. 
What? Yeah, That's crazy. That is stupid. And there's no bigger sports fans than everyone but you on this show, Glenn. <laughs> uh, but none of us think there should ever be one dollar of public financing Never. that goes to one of these stadiums. They never. Always, they it's always. Abs- absolutely absurd. It should never occur. And of when course, the Car- they're voting on a huge bond issue to pay for it. Yes. When the, in Arlington. When the Cardinals were leaving um, San D- uh, uh, St. Louis, yeah. and they were going to... Los Angeles. Uh, Are you talking about the Phoenix. football Cardinals? Football. Oh, okay, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, the football Cardinals. Right, okay. Um, Sorry, we're, we're thinking of the other team St. Louis lost. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So I was in Phoenix when that happened. Yeah. And I remember, now this is, you know, what, 89, 88, somewhere in that area, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I remember I was on the radio, and, you know, this is before I was thinking, and Everybody was just talking about we got to give more. You know, this city is going to do this. We got to do this. We got to, and the bidding was just going through the roof, Mm -hmm. and nobody seemed to have a problem with it. And now I look at this stuff and I'm like, why? Why should I pay for this? You know how much money they're charging me to park 14 blocks away, and they can't afford to pay the. I'm paying for the stadium. I'm guaranteeing that money for the stadium. And it's the billionaire owner who wants the who stadium. wants the stadium. Let him build it. Yeah, why am I paying? Why am I paying for this? Because I'm the one that they're going to charge five hundred dollars a seat. Yes, to go to go see. And I'm, I'm part owner of this place. It'll all work out right. though, because in the, in a couple of years, like the the uh, AT and T uh, stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play, uh, that isn't quite paid off yet, and that won't be paid off till. I think 2017 or 2018. So and by then, the one of bulldoze that. Get that. Yeah, yeah. We get that billion dollars here in uh, the next vote for Arlington. So they're going to have to do a little, a little finagling with some. It's going to be money. rollover. You're going to be paying for both stadiums at the same time. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's un- and especially it's outrageous. There have been some crap heaps of stadiums around uh, around the uh, America, but the, the, the Ranger Stadium is really nice. It's oh my gosh! No, I, I, it, it is. It is. You know what? It's as nice as Yankee Stadium is. Watching, I've been in the... Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yankee Stadium, the new one, I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, the old one had the character. Yeah. No, but I've been, to, I've been to Yankee Stadium. I, I've seen new... Been to the new one? Yeah, I've been to the new one. Ranger, like it as much as the new Yankee yeah, No, I mean, it's not... Not as high-tech. It's not as high-tech. It's not, it's not as whiz-bang. Yeah. Right. But it but is beautiful. just as nice to go watch a baseball game. It's just as good. Yeah. It's just as good. And, I mean, this is... That's obscene. Texas, don't. Well, you're going to anyway, so I'm wife. Why, why, why try to say something that has any bit of common sense? And now this, buyer beware. Big home security companies give you a free system. When they give you that free system, then you pay, what, $40, $50, $60 a month? For how long? For how long do you pay that? Because at what point does your, is your system paid for? And you go down to that lower price of, you know, $20. When, when does that happen? Oh, no, that's right. Never. What a scam. We're going to give you this system. Well, here's the deal. Buy the system. Because it ain't what you're paying for right now. Buy the system. Simply safe. You own it. And then you're not stuck to a contract. This thing, the reason why they don't use wireless technology The reason why they still snake those wires through your wall, which is like, what, 1950s technology? The reason why they do that is because once they have it in the wall, then you know, well, if I'm going to hire somebody else, if I want to change companies, then they're going to have to go wire it up. And this is just too much of a hassle. Just stay with them. Get off of that lie. 
right now with Simply Safe. No long-term contracts. They never lock you in. And you're going to love this service. 24-hour uh, uh, home security, like having a guard station right at your house for fourteen ninety-five uh, a month, and you get all the protection you need. And right now, you can save ten percent off of the system. Ten percent. Simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. The fusion of entertainment, entertainment. and enlightenment. And the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Colby College student informed the Campus Bias Incident Prevention and Response Team. Let me say that again. At Colby College, a student informed the campus's Bias Incident Prevention and Rapid Response Team. (laughs) They rapidly respond to bias preventing? That someone had carved a swastika into a pumpkin. Oh, no. According to the college's bias incident logs, the student was mistaken. The carving wasn't actually a swastika. Uh, Earlier this year, someone filed a report with the bias incident prevention and rapid response team overhearing an offensive figure of speech. Oh, no, no, not an offensive figure of speech. Yeah, No, they they wouldn't even say to them. They overheard it. Oh, boy. They they overheard another person's conversation. In some ways, that's even worse. Okay. You, you I know? will tell you that th- these these got this was flagged um, for yeah. the targeting of people on the basis of ability. Oh, um, no. They were making fun of handicapped people, and I don't even really want to say that what they said because it is really pretty bad. What they say? No, I'm, I'm no, I'm being serious. On oh, this. they I did don't say wanna, Yeah, no, it was it was horribly. I mean, okay. they're making fun of somebody with a disability. My good. thing was, I mean, if you heard, well, I'm just I want to say it. All right. Forgive me, it's not coming from me. But if you overheard, if you were handicapped and you heard somebody overheard somebody say, well, I kind of think this, but on the other hand. And you don't have a hand? And, well, they, they, another hand? No, no, no. Everybody had hands. Oh. And there wasn't anybody with a disability around. But someone but could have not been there could, without a hand. Yeah, somebody could have been there without a hand. You've and got to be kidding me. No, I'm, oh I'm not kidding you. Uh, they, it was, <laughs> no, no, no. They thought that a one-handed person might feel I'm this honestly one-handed people might feel triggered by such a proclamation of dual handedness right oh my god we are so screwed <laughs> we are you know what exit tuck your kids in this and turn on the is gas the Glenn Beck program mercury Whatever, don't ever say no. on the other hand. Don't I know. Do it. I know. And I don't mean to flaunt my dual-handedness. 
Um, Why do you do it so often then? Well, I've heard you say, on the other hand, multiple times. I know, but I... You it was before you I bastard. It was before I was sensitive to these things. I know I was callous, but I've changed. Oh. Give me now another story that you have to know. Um, mm-hmm. If you get a weak handshake from a millennial, mm-hmm. if you get a weak handshake from a millennial, do not blame him or her. Okay, it is not their fault. Whose fault is it? Um, the University of North Carolina found that men and women under 30 mm-hmm. have weaker grip strength now than they did in 1985. Oh Why is that? And this was published, huh? Forgive my ignorance. Why is that? Oh, Mr. Dual Handedness. Yeah, I've got both hands. And I think I, they'd be stronger. Got well, let me just say this. I'll play let me games? just say this. Okay, you want some answers? You go to where all the answers are. It was This, this study was published in the Journal of Mm-hmm. It was published in the. Uh, sorry, I've got uh, <clears throat> just a little, a little allergies. Up for yeah. a minute. Uh, published in the Journal of Hand Therapy. Hand therapy. Uh, who doesn't get that? Okay. All right, right. Researchers asked almost 240 men and women under 30 uh, to exert as much force as they could on their hand dynamometer, oh which uh, measures grip in force of pounds. On average, men's hand strength decreased by 20 pounds. Women's hand strength decreased by 10 pounds. They think, they think the culprit may be less manu- manual labor. No. Yeah. Manual labor? Uh, a personal labor. Person, Person labor. Thank you. Personal labor. Personual? I know. Personual? How about, how about, uh, none of this makes me comfortable. How about fluid labor? That's okay. not working on their... Fluids doesn't sound right with the hand. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> All right, so anyway, you can't, I don't know what the, it's just a couple of dual-handed guys talking here, so what do we know? Nothing. Um, but uh, that's kind of disturbing, kind of disturbing. Now, on the common sense wins front. Finally. This doesn't happen very often. Can we play all three pieces of this argument? Can we start with Stairway to Heaven? Uh, we all know the early? super, super classic Stairway to Heaven done by Led and uh, the, the band Zeppelin. <laughs> I don't uh, think that's... What? I could be wrong. Led was... It wasn't, was he the he was lead, lead singer? He was the lead singer, I yeah. thought, and the band was Zeppelin. Sort of like Hootie and his Blowfish. And his Blowfish, yeah. right. Okay, uh, right, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. so anyway. Um, uh. So uh, the, uh, the Led Zeppelin boys, they have been sued uh, because they would not put... A, uh, a co-writer title on the reissue of Stairway to Heaven. It's an anniversary edition that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And the guys, well, I was going to say, the guy who actually wrote what he says was stolen from him by Led Zeppelin. Uh, he's been dead for a while now. Um, he, never com- years. Yeah, he never complained about this while he was alive. And this song was written before Stairway to Heaven. First, let me play Stairway to Heaven. Well, I'm not sure which is first here. Let's see. Oh, boy. Um, oh boy. If you believe louder is always... Well, okay. Oh, okay, first, good. It's first, a, we got a commercial. A commercial. <laughs> and then and then once the I mean, commercial... Led Remember when we all thought, man, you know what's going to be great about the internet? It's all going to be commercial free. Right. <laughs> okay, here's first is Spirit. It's a Spirit. This is the, guy, the dead guy whose family was suing Led Zeppelin. Because they say this is too close. Yeah. Let's go away to heaven. Oh. 
Spirit didn't think that that was too close at the time. No. I mean, there's some similarities. There's similarities, but I mean, come on. And then? Okay, now here comes... Here comes now Led Zeppelin that we've heard a million times. For some reason, it's out of phase and sounds... Yes, it is. Nearly as good. Sounds bad, but here it comes. Okay, and and obviously a far superior song. Whatever. Far superior. (laughs) I mean, one one is an all-time classic, probably the most popular rock song of all time. I loved the early years, but when Led left... Yeah, they weren't, was, the same. they weren't the same. weren't the same. There okay. was no lead. But okay, so in court, does this happen? There, this is good news, America. Common sense wins. Yeah. In in court, they said, okay, it, it's not just this song. Okay, this chord progression has been around for four hundred years. I believe I may say that I believe it was Stu and I and Jeffy that said that to you as you were like, come on, this is close. We're like, it's a, chord, it's a standard chord progression. Well, it is close. Yeah, but, but, but it's a chord progression. There's yes, lots it, of those. Yes, it is. And here's the one they came up this with. This is 400 years old. I mean... That's really close. That sounds more... That sounds closer than the spirit. the spirit one. That's what a lot of people thought, too. Yeah. I think and then, obviously, when it gets to the music. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but that chord, play that chord progression one more time. Listen to this. It sounds, it does sound yeah. like yeah, Stairway to Heaven. It's dang close. 400 years old. It's called uh, To Catch a Shad. You know, oh, man, I love that. that. Well, I think we all do. Why, am we, why are we not hearing this? To Catch a Shad. Oh, those were the days when we were all lads. Remember the first time I heard that? It kind of actually sounds like Pat playing. <laughs> he doesn't get, quite get it right. But it's like, oh, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> haven't heard me play it for a while. It's a little close. I know. You're, you're actually taking lessons now, yeah. which is very, very nice. That, how's that working out for you? <sighs> uh, pretty well. So, so let me ask you, Pat, because I'm, I'm uh, is this, is this, because I'm starting to take art lessons. Yeah. Take art lessons. Are you? Yeah. 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 Why? I finally learned. Um, aren't you already the hundredth most important person in the world of art? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I am. right. A good enough for you? Yeah, I mean, that's what is that artist artist magazine or something so, like that? Something like uh, that. Are you, magazine. are you getting it from like number ninety two or something? It's got to be somebody on the list, oh, right? I'm going yeah, to get it from the top. One of the guys on the top ten. They don't know it yet, but I'm going to kidnap them. <laughs> so why are you taking? Because I just like to relax, and uh, I can lose myself in fly fishing or art, and I. I don't know how to tie flies, and I don't live around the river, so fly fishing is out. Uh, so I can lose myself in art. Why are you learning to play the guitar? Well, you, you know, know how to play the guitar. For I, a I've long known time. how to play the guitar. Yeah, I know. Well, I've known how to paint. I, I mean, you're talking to a man who good. wrote uh, "What's That? Who Pays Your Salary?" Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this guy that was. Is a, can you sing a little? Not to mention <laughs> American Mormon. American Mormon. Yeah. Thank you. Let's not yeah. forget that. Can you can you okay. play? But I will tell you, you're lucky you weren't sued for that because that was very close to <laughs> American <laughs> Woman. It was, close. Uh, yeah. that was, and that's 400 years old. Yeah, yeah. American yeah. Mormon. I think it's is 600 years old. Can you can you sing just a little bit of "What's That? Who's Your?" Who pays your salary? Who pays your salary? <laughs> I don't have my guitar with me. Oh, shoot. Well, you can sing a little bit of it, can't you? What's that? Who pays? What's that? Who pays? What's that? 
If you get sued from American Mormon, though, you won't be able to pull off the, uh, you know, the Robert Plant testimony that he, when, in, when he testified at the trial, when they asked him, and he said, I don't have recollection of mostly anybody I've hung out with. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet that. That is funny. And the, court, really funny. And the whole court just uh, broke out in laughter. That must have helped the case, too. Yes. Yeah, having Robert Plant show, show yeah, up. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Having him admit that he was in a drug-induced coma I, for his entire remember. life. I don't remember anything. What were they suing them for? They just want, I know they could have settled it for a dollar, but Plant said, absolutely not. Yeah. They want, Ed and Zeppelin would not be happy. They, they, I, I think uh, even if they would have won, they would have only gotten partial uh, profit from the, right? They wouldn't have gotten, yeah. they were just going to. They were going to get like the last few years. Wasn't it like 60 grand years. or something like it was? I don't know the exact number. It was, number, not that it was the last wasn't three millions. years of royalties. It was the last three years of royalties, I think, because of the way, you know, the, the statute of limitations would work. Um, and I, I guess there was, a re, right. there was a reissue of it yeah. coming up. Um, they, or, uh, you know right. what? I'm convinced that the family of the guy who died uh, just wanted to, um, you know, up their father or whoever this guy was to them, their uncle or somebody in their family, wanted to up his credibility at this point. Yes, possibly. Because nobody, I mean, what else would you do it for? Nobody's ever heard of Spirit. Not since, you know, 1968 has anybody heard of these guys. They never had a hit. This Taurus song wasn't a hit. Uh, and so maybe, maybe it was just for a little notoriety. I mean, what else would it be for? The 60 grand? How much are you going to spend on attorneys? Yeah. And they also said... We just want we'll, we just want a dollar, right? Wasn't that the first thing? Just yeah, put it on and we'll settle for a dollar. If you give him credit now. Right, so it had to be credibility. It had to be, had to be. something that they were like, you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, man, it wasn't what? Oh, I don't even think it was settled last night. When we call each other last night, we were talking about Brexit and, you know, what's going to happen now. And the sterling and the pound were tanking. And that's before the results even came out. And everybody was thinking, you know, at that time, everybody's like, they're not going to exit. And it was, and the, and the pound and the sterling were tanking at that time, which shouldn't have happened. Everything is fluid. And I'm, I'm telling you, this is not the last time we're going to see this. You are going to see, because this is all driven by immigration, by, uh, by borders, by Europe, taking money from the Germans, giving it to, you know, the Greeks. Uh, it, it's just not going to end well. And if you don't see a, a, a proper exit, a non-passionate exit from com- countries like England, you're going to start to see really bad things happen in the future because the stress is going to become too great. So what do you do about it? Uh, the the Google search results for home safe, that term home safe right now is running 61% higher than the level at which it peaked in November 2008. That is absolutely phenomenal. 61% higher than its peak. What does that mean? That people right now know and especially in England, they were buying home safes and they were going and they were getting gold and they were putting them in their home safes. Here in America, this is happening. People don't trust the system. They don't trust the banks. What is there that you trust? Gold or silver, it's the only thing that you know will never go to zero. 
because it is always the currency of last resort. I want you to call Goldline and find out about their Purchase Plus program, read their important risk information, and find out if gold or silver is right for you. But call 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Call them right now. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. Want to hear the rest of the show at your convenience? Invite Glenn to your house. Or a more promising solution. Download the show for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and now Google Play Music. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. You know, we've been talking about the Brexit thing all day, but I, I, I don't, we haven't talked a lot about David Cameron stepping down. That's a weird phenomenon to sure me. That's a, that's a parliamentary thing. That's, that's what happens in parliaments with the prime minister is that whenever they lose referendums, they leave. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what is that? Cameron did the same thing with the uh, Scottish independence vote uh, a couple of years ago. He said, if the, if, Scott, if the Scots decide that they're going to go independent, I'll step down. They decided to stay in. So he kept, <laughs> remained as kept his job. Then here he loses a vote 52 to 48, which is not exactly the— Not a wipeout. Yeah, I mean, it was a close vote and it was somewhat surprising. He had already talked about leaving in October anyway. Yeah, uh, the new prime minister was going to be in place anyway, so why step down? I, yeah. But it's just weird. I mean, it's it just, is. Like, I mean, look— Barack Obama likely is going to lose his gun battle here, and if the idea wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be great if he was like, you know what? I didn't get my gun legislation. I'm going to step down. I was going to leave in January anyway, but I think I'll leave now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, David! Yes, bye bye. (laughs) David Cameron has said, "Good president." That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I I think we adopt that at least for a very short time until we get somebody good. Um, (laughs) But it is—it's kind of amazing. And and I like this thing they're they're trying to tie the Brexit thing to to Trumpism. Like a lot of people who you know are supporting Trump are saying, well, you know, like look, it shows that he didn't even know what the Brexit was. They just asked him about it. He had oh. he had never even heard the term. No, he had no he, idea. He what? didn't know who the mayor of and, London was who was leading the, the debate. I mean, his, about it. his answer. Did was... You see? Did you see his press conference at the golf course in Scotland? I didn't see. Yes, that was. Unbelievable! It was, it was really good. He, he it was really good. He gets up to the mic. It was really good. It really was. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, about. I don't want to take anything away okay. from the Donald because when you have a massive global story like Brexit, and you're talking about your own golf course, <laughs> <laughs> so good. you know that's the way yeah, to go. Because that par three, that par three might be the best in the world, Pat, and I'm twice. so glad he covered that twice. He said that the Brexit vote was historic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and historic. So what more do you need? I don't think he even called it Brexit, though, did he? No, the vote or the people the, the, something. The, yeah. yeah. He didn't historic. even know what was going on. It was <laughs> yeah. like something happened and it was exciting and uh, yeah. historic. Okay. It's funny because they, I mean, you know, he didn't know the term and he didn't know who Boris Johnson was, who's the former mayor of London who kind of led or one of the leaders of the uh, of the Leave Movement, campaign. Yeah. Uh, to me, the leader of the Leave campaign is Daniel Hannon. We've had him on the show before. He's great. Brilliant yeah. guy. And he was campaigning, saying, hey, uh, UK, fire me. 
Because yeah. if this right. happens, I lose my job. But do it. Right. Get that's what I love about the guy. That's he's what I love so about good. Him. But one of the reasons he did, he said, I voted leave today, and one of the main reasons was free trade over protectionism. Does that sound like Trumpism? It's the exact no. opposite of yeah, what he's exactly. campaigning the opposite. on. But the, the media now, cannot thrown, pick that up. He's thrown some of the stuff into uh, into a tailspin already today a little bit. Of, yeah, our yeah, markets but, were down last I saw about 530 points. but Which is not. That, that, that'll mean, even out. It's not that It's not that yeah. catastrophic. And it, we'll know more on Monday. Yeah. I mean, once this settles down a little bit. It's a couple percent. And people realize it's not even happening right this second. It takes them two years to get out. The, the thing Brits are pissed about, though, is they're already backing off the pro- the, the promise. That the money that they sent to the EU would go to the uh, National Insurance or National Institute of Health or whatever they call it, which they're saying, no, that's, we can't guarantee that. That's not going to happen. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's like Donald saying, yeah, you know, I promised you that wall, but <laughs> nah, 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 can't do it. Can't do it. Watch that happen, too. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.